Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2014 and beyond. I am Ryan, and with me always is James. Hey, James, how's it going, buddy? Good, good, good. Long week. Long week, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, you doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I yeah. was, I was looking forward to this today. I me too. To, I needed to relax. Me too. We lied to our listeners last week, though. We did. Not we on did. purpose. Not on purpose, though. Uh, we said that we were going to see Hercules because nothing else came out, but we lied. We went and saw Lone Survivor. Well, because I think, what, didn't Lone Survivor, like, release a week it ago? Did. You yeah. know, I was thinking about this uh, for my list, and I, it didn't hit me until I was watching start, Lone Survivor started. You know, I didn't see Zero Dark Thirty until this sh- last year also. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. Yeah, so that's 103 movies I saw last year. Yeah. Wow. Because they, they take it off the list for yeah. 2013 because technically, I think it released in like three theaters at the last week of December. Yeah, exactly. So it was a national release in 2013, so yep. it counts for this year. I mean, we did a show on it this year. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I was thinking about that. I'm like, oh man, well there's another one to add to the list. Yeah. Um, I It's 2014, but I keep watching movies in 2013. I know. Look at that. So I, it's, I think Lone Survivor is trying to follow the same pattern and hopefully capture some of the magic it's, you know, of Zero Dark Thirty. Um, Navy SEALs in January. Yeah. Because didn't uh, – what was the other one, the SEAL Team 6 one? Was that the – oh, no, it was Act of Valor. Act Did of that, Valor. Th- that came that out was, last year too? Um, or was it 2012? I think that was 2012, but it's um, – was that no, it, was, it was definitely 2012, and it was it was definitely early in the year. I don't think it was January though. I think it was more mm. like March or April. Mm. But um, who knew war yeah. movies would are good for winters? Yeah, apparently. Anyways, if you never listen to Real Nerds podcast, every week we go see a new movie, and we podcast that experience to the world. Uh, we do that at the end. We will talk about the movie. If you should see it or not, play the trailer, and then we'll spoil the movie. Although it kind of spoils you in the title with yeah, Lone I mean, Survivor. We really can't spoil. It. You might as well listen to the whole review because. Oh. Yeah. Guess what? Somebody survives. <laughs> yes. Lonely. Lonely. Uh, we also do uh, upcoming DVD releases, box office numbers, movie news, stuff we've been watching, and a comic book. Uh, do you have a comic book, James, or is it my week? I think it's your week. I could have one by the time we get uh, to it. Though. I have one. I, I can't remember if it was my week or your week, so yeah. I got it. Because we didn't do one for last week. So. That's right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I definitely have one, so cool. stay tuned for that. Um, I want to thank... Uh, our sponsors, Colorado Coins, Cars, and Comics, 6700 Watchers Boulevard in Arvada, Colorado. When you stop by in there and you're looking for comics, say hi to Andrew. If you're looking for, uh, I don't know, what do, they, what do they call them? Role-playing card games? What, do they, what are those called? Uh, like either trading card games or like, it's mostly trading card games. They have some like some I did, like yeah I don't know the exact deck building games and stuff like that. Like like Magic is a deck building game. Okay. Um, it's also a trading card game. I don't know the classification, but if you're every, or if you're looking for hero clicks, uh, Mike at Colorado Coins, Cards and Comics. Uh, I've been told by many people it's one of the few places in Colorado that you can buy singles. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't. I don't buy them. I do know yeah. that he sells um, hero clicks singles. Yeah. It says if uh, I was talking to him one day because uh, I, I they released a bunch of Spider-Man centric hero clicks. I said I should play this because it looks kind of cool and yeah. it, it's Spider-Man centric. And I guess he opens he. He orders like two cases, and he opens one case, and he sells those individually. And then you can also buy them in sleeves of three, where you don't know where you don't know what you're getting. So I guess there's some really rare ones. Uh, He told me in the Spider-Man one, there is there was a monster in each one. So it'd be Frankenstein or werewolf or 
something like that. And the really rare one was Werewolf by Night. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a werewolf, but if you got werewolf by night, it was like the the rare one. Yeah. So uh, it, it's funny. Like I I understand why they do it that way with like opening boxes that you know mm-hmm. and not knowing what's in it and all that stuff because you're talking about like people playing games and having an unfair advantage if they like randomly get the really badass thing. Like all mm-hmm. oh, that makes sense for Christmas. Like in our in my brother and I's stockings, my my mom bought us these. She at, she found it at Barnes and Noble, and it was a little like Doctor Who figurine that was also done that way. So, like, hmm. you didn't know which Doctor was in the box. Oh. It was just like, you know, there was a 1 in 20 chance mm-hmm. it was the second Doctor and a 1 in 20 chance it was the third Doctor. And, yeah, and that's, here's that's the a new thing. thing, I think. It's shitty. <laughs> like, and I, I kept thinking about it. I was like, dude, if you what just... What Doctor did you get? I got I got the second Doctor. And you know hmm. what we did? Hmm. We took it back. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Why is that? Well, my mom didn't realize that's what it was. So when when we got them, Jake and I knew because we know how this stuff works. Mm-hmm. But she didn't know that it was just random. On the on the picture on the outside of the box was um, the fifth Doctor mm-hmm. with the big scarf. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and she was like, "Well, th- Tom Baker is clearly. I mean, that's one that James would want, and Jake would want that one too. Like he's the best Doctor." Um, so she just thought, like, "Oh, cool. This mm-hmm. is you know." And then we got we opened them up, and they're like, "Of course, they're neither of them are Doctors we actually care about." So. We wouldn't do anything with it, and we're not going to collect them. Like, how much more money would they have made if? It so was, you took back a present your mom got you. That is actually fucked up. I, fuck that. I made her take it back. Oh, dude, that <laughs> is cold blooded. Actually, I no, no no. Jake and I like humbly would have just been like, oh yeah, you know, this is cool, mom. But she was pissed. Mm. So she was the one who's like, I'm taking this shit back. This isn't Christmas. So what'd you get instead? I didn't get shit. Your mom packed it. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. My mom just took the present back. Like, nice. yeah, I didn't get anything for it. Nice. But like, it, how much more money would they have made if they had just been like, oh yeah, this one's the ninth doctor. If you want the ninth doctor, here it is. Yeah, they do that a lot. I um, they released a horror line where it had Jason and Bruce Campbell, Ash from Army of Darkness. But it's the same thing. You have to open it and see who it is. See. Um, and I I wouldn't mind getting them, but those ones were like seven bucks. So I'm like seven bucks. If what if I get freaking I don't they're like like Reagan from The Exorcist. I don't want that. Oh yeah. You know I I don't care. I wouldn't care if it was Freddy Krueger or Leatherface, but I don't want some and goofy at least, one. But at least there, like the chances are pretty good you're gonna get one you really want. The truth is, there's only like three of the twelve doctors that anybody really wants. Mm. You know, like there's not that many people who want one of those other doctors. Um. Yeah, you know, there's the people who want to collect them all, mm-hmm. but those people could still collect them all if you just knew what was in the box. You know, at least with that one, you're like, oh, okay, cool. There's probably sure. eight of the ten you would want, but if you ended up getting two girls from The Exorcist, you'd be like, oh, man, yeah, that suck. Why did I get into this shit? You know. But yeah, so see Mike, and if you're yeah. looking for uh, coins, see well, Bruce. Because what we're saying is, there you don't have to you don't have to yeah. deal with this shit. Because I really your really... mom doesn't have to take your hero clicks back after Christmas is over. I really wanted the Goblin, obviously, and a Mysterio, but yeah. he, he told me those ones always sell out. What I found is really interesting, um, just like my Friday the 13th action figures I collect, mm-hmm. are those are the hardest ones to get. For some reason, Jason, because his look changes constantly, people always buy his action figures. Hmm. Um, as far as Spider-Man action figures, they make a lot of Green Goblins, but for some reason, he sells out all the time. <laughs> and same with yeah. Mysterio. Mysterio is... I never thought of Mysterio as a very popular villain. I think he's really cool. I think his potential is really cool. Yeah. Sometimes he's in really goofy uh, story arcs. Like in a Spectacular 50, he fakes an alien invasion to, to like freak out Spider-Man. So he isn't really dorky ones. But every once in a while, 
He's in one he's where he he manipulates <laughs> the mob and it's cool. I love the way you said that. Where he's like he he imitates a uh, alien invasion, just to freak Spider Man out. Just so Spider Man like yeah. you know gets on top of a building and is like whoa. Well, it's what's it going on? Well, because they're like, trying to plot. they're that's trying to great. recapture one of his. I think it was his third appearance. Is actually a really great arc where Spider Man thinks he's going crazy in this like amusement park where everything's bigger than he is and Mysterio is bigger than he is. Mm. Um, and then Spider-Man uh, figures out that when he looks down, there's like hallucinogenic smoke and that it's being projected and he yeah. breaks out and he finds who Mysterio is. And it's a really cool story. Um, yeah. This one, not so much, but yeah. he, his potential is really cool. But I guess those Mysterio ones and Green Goblin are snapped up immediately. Mm. I guess cause he's really dorky looking too. Oh, so it is the dorky version of, of oh, yeah. Mysterio. It's not like a, Dude, the coolest version of Mysterio is with a globe on his head. I really like Ultimate Mysterio. Like, with just the smoke coming out. Uh, Ultimate Mysterio and regular Mysterio are the same person. Oh, you never read Spider-Man? No, I didn't read Spider-Man. No, I didn't read Spider-Man. Spoilers. Ah, dude, cool. Is that just Mysterio with, like, his globe broken? Uh, Okay, well, I guess I'll spoil it for you now. Um, Mysterio from 616 found a riff in uh, the dimensions and he projected himself into the ultimate universe. Oh, okay. So he never really got killed or ne- no, 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 he killed the Kingpin. He killed the Kingpin. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And so when uh, Spider-Man found that out, he, uh, Pete, uh, left him in, uh, the ultimate universe. Oh. And, said, and he said, fuck you. You're stuck there now. Oh, and now uh, I'm reading, uh, ultimate, the ultimate's last stand catalysm. Yeah. And it's Galactus from six, one, six found that rift that Mysterio did, and so he's eating uh, the Ultimate Universe right now. It's pretty badass. He just ate all of New Jersey. What? Yep. Not New Jersey. Yep. Cool. Um, cool. So, But I have one more thing to say. Okay. Um, we met Rebecca at this year's Denver Comic Con, and she, is, um, she works for a company that uh, put out that app called Narrate. Yeah. Um, she sent me an email and asked if we would share this with um, our listeners. Um, and there is a new game coming out. It's a sequel to a game called The Tribes, and it's called The Tribes and Castles. Uh, it's called, uh, and I'll just read the press release so I can give you the information properly. Game Insight, creator of the worldwide hit city building game The Tribes, is delighted to announce a new spinoff for the popular game The Tribes and Castles. This exciting new title will be released for iOS, Android, Amazon, and Facebook in early 2014. Um, it's it's one of those like uh, farm building sims, but it's mm. like more badass it's it's something like we would play you know i'm not gonna yeah. play farmville um, no. but the tribes and castles begins with a scientific experiment gone awry this time around the experiment has sent players to another world where magic reigns supreme where dragons hover in the sky and forests are teeming with treacherous werewolves fortunately the professor and princess aurora return to the return to help prince eric rebuild his kingdom and protect them from evil of the realm's most heinous villains in Tribes and Castles, players will embark on an epic journey to restore peace and prosperity to the kingdom. Players will build and fortify magic towers to protect the citizens from enemies like the vicious gobbles, powerful trollums, and other amazing creatures. They will also develop their nation economically by constructing sawmills and factories, cultivating grapes and eggplants, and breeding pigs and sheep. An enchanting soundtrack and gorgeous graphics will bring the game's fairy tale version of the Middle Ages to life. This fascinating new city-building game will let players visit well-guarded dungeons and wizard towers, discover the ancient ruins of abandoned castles, seek mysterious artifacts, and wage war on hideous monsters. Meet loyal friends and fight cunning enemies, behold mighty giants, magic, dragons, and of course, a beautiful princess in the tribes and castles. It sounds like kind of like a, a 
Lord of the Rings Command and Conquer. Oh, cool. That has me kind of excited. Um, I just wanted to get that out really fast, and that's their press release, and it's, um, I guess there's 11 million downloads of the tribes. Sweet. So it's definitely something we should check out, and uh, stay tuned. I am working with Rebecca right now, and we might have something for our wonderful listeners um, to do something. Uh, it's still in the kind of in the early stages, um, and uh, I'll send her an email. I just wanted to get that out real fast, and um, uh, stay tuned for that early 2014. That game is coming out. Cool. Um, and I just wanted to share that. That that was really cool that she gave me kind of like an insight and said, "Share this with your listeners." And um, there should be a banner on our website really, really soon to link. Cool. To it. That's so, badass. Yeah. So thanks, Rebecca. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate it. Uh, well, we're talking about stuff coming up. Um, Ivan Pavletic, who's you know one of the mm-hmm. local uh, Denver filmmakers, uh, he's got a movie coming out called Seven Forty Six. Oh no, no, I made the thing go away. Uh oh. There we go. Now we'll just just a little dead air. Just just for a little while. Here we go. Seven Forty Six A.D. Chapter One: The Last Light of Aries. Uh, so this is the first section of his like historical drama that he's been making for a really long time. Um, or at least, you know, working on. It was one of his passion projects mm-hmm. that he sort of talked about in our interview with him. Uh, and he's got the first section done, and it is premiering. Um, I actually think he's premiering it somewhere else first, but I know that he has rented out the Mayan for February 5th at 7 o'clock. Um, so put that on your calendars. Go check that out at the Mayan on February 5th. Awesome. And one last little thing, Anime Land Wasabi. Remember, it's February 28th through March 2nd at the Denver Crown Plaza, which is basically right by DIA. And I don't know if I've mentioned it yet. I think I did, but Spartacus will be there. Spartacus. Liam McIntyre from Spartacus of Whoa. Stars will be there. That's cool. I know. I really I, I want to meet him. Yeah. He's a just handsome wanna, man. I just want to touch his muscles. He is a handsome man. Yeah. I want to get him on the show. There's a great... Will, uh, will he just be surrounded by naked women? I hope. Like blood? He'll just be covered Dude, in blood and surrounded by naked women. I want to be like... It'll be like an orgy where he'll be like fucking a bunch of chicks, and I'll be one of those dudes who wears those weird masks on the side, just watching and, and not and just, moving, yeah, and just watching. And then um, the chick will turn around and like slit her throat, and I'll pull <laughs> off my mask. and will be like Spartacus, <laughs> just for some reason. I don't know yet. Uh, I love that show. Have I said that yet? Yeah, I love Spartacus. Um, so cool. Yeah, you can get tickets right now. AnimeLandWasabi dot com. Cool. I know all their artist alley tables are gone. You know, you, you know who's going to be there hmm. is Stan Yan, who does all those awesome. Uh, yeah, Stan Yan, uh, we love Stan Yan. Yeah. He's a cool guy. He's awesome. And for some reason, you notice we're always put next to him when we do conventions. <laughs> I know. I it's know. Awesome. I walked into a comic shop recently uh, near me that I, I walk in, and there he was, you know, drinking his coffee. And I was like, "Holy shit, that's Stan Yan right there!" Hell yeah! Um, so thank you, everybody, uh, for giving us opportunities to share that stuff with you, Rebecca, and the anime wasabi. Anime Land Wasabi people, we appreciate it. <laughs> um, but now, I'm actually going to go back, sir. Okay. I'm going to go back to last week because we got some fan mail that I was not able to talk about because Film Explosion is yeah. so loaded with stuff. So here's yeah. fan mail. Fan mail! We got a couple, and I haven't seen this. Tay Peter sent us a message on um, Facebook, and I have not seen American Splendor. Have you seen American Splendor? No, I haven't. Oh, this is horrible, then. I know. She asked us about our opinions on it. I do know of it. Yeah. I do not do know it stars Paul Giamatti. So. And it's one of those things that because it's about a guy who made comics, like we we should have seen it by now. Yeah. Um, but no, I haven't. I've heard many good things about it. Yeah. You know what? Hey, we'll make it our point to yeah. see it sometime in the near future, and we're sorry we're not the real nerds you hoped we would be. <laughs> 
<laughs> we will get you an answer on our opinion of uh, American Splendor. Ah, uh, cool. So, also Dan from Ohio. Yay! He sent us an email um, about Yui Bull. We talked about him briefly a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And he said, in regard to your recent topic brought up about on your show, I've seen more Yui Bull films. I'd cared. I'd care to, and after In the Name of the King 2, I didn't know there was a second one. I didn't either. I saw the first one in theaters. Dude. I know, right? I would have thought it would be scientifically impossible for Bold to make a halfway decent film. So you can imagine my newest, my surprise when his newest film, Assault on Wall Street, turned out to be, turned out not to be god-awful. In fact, it was kind of good. I'm in the middle of a show, honey. <laughs> did your wife sitting here on the show just text you? Yeah, she did. Oh. Some picture she got on Pinterest. I don't Bad know. form. Oh, we um, don't Pinterest. I know. What the hell is that? Um, it turned out to be not god awful. In fact, it was kind of good. The storytelling was rather effective, and the action sequences were well shot. For you, wow! It must have been his second unit director. Yeah. This isn't to say the film doesn't have its flaws, but it's ten times better than the pretentious <laughs> tripe, like the lifeguard. Hmm. Wow. I saw the lifeguard, and yeah, it's really pretentious. <laughs> because it's not like... yeah, I, And it's not the performance of Kristen Bell. It's the writing and the way it's shot. Yeah. It's, it's just stupid. I, you know, I, I saw, like I said, I saw In the Name of the King in theaters, and I probably enjoyed it, enjoyed that experience more than than some of the other movies I could have seen in theaters that year. Like, hit, as bad as Uwe Bull is, like... Uh, you know, I'm one of the people who signed the petition to keep him making movies back in the day where like, mm, I was like the Wrigley's. Well, it wasn't, it, what, what no was one, gun I thing? I forget. I don't think that anything like, like anyone of like big was on this, but it was just that the internet one day decided they were going to start a petition to give to Uva Bowl to ask him to stop making movies. Um, and I was like, no, fuck you guys. Like I'm <laughs> as a big Ed Wood fan. I'm like, no, like he's allowed to have a vision. It may be stupid and he may not be capable of like making it hit the screen correctly. Uh, but he's allowed to try. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm totally going to want to check that out now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Thanks Dan. Appreciate it. That's cool. Um, cool. Yeah. That's it for mail. mail. Thanks everybody who wrote in last week. They probably stopped writing in cause we didn't read them. Like you guys are dicks. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you want to do next? James? Uh, let's do, let's do news. Cool. We got some weird shit. Real news. It's real news. Unspool it, sir. Um, so maybe the biggest thing is that we got, like, just before we recorded, actually, like, earlier today, um, we got some news about Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, they cast... Uh, Jesse Plemons, who I guess most people know from Breaking Bad. I was a big Friday Night Lights fan, and he's like on that show the whole five seasons. So um, he's fantastic, uh, and and the kind of person I would want them to pick. Mm-hmm. Like this is along the right lines because he's a a I think proven actor. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what he's going to be asked to do, but he's not you know somebody that I've seen before and just go like, oh man, what a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, he's he's mostly unknown. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. No idea what it's going to be. I could see him being sort of a young Han Solo type. Yeah. I don't want to... I don't know if he's... I, I don't know that I want him to be young Han Solo. No but, one can be young Han Solo. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, that kind of a roguish space yeah, dude. Again, we don't even know what the movie's about. No, we have no idea. So... Yeah. Um, I think now that they've cast somebody, 
I think stuff will start leaking out a little bit, you know, just to yeah. s- get people because well, you I th- have to get people excited for it. So yeah, and I think they've said that they're not going to do the James J.J. Abrams mystery box on this one, well, uh, yeah, or at least not for not for the whole movie. Like well, this because, won't be super eight. Well, because two, I mean, J.J. is in charge, is directing and writing it, but someone like Kathleen Kennedy is still producing it, and she's kind of always. I mean, I was never. The prequels, you kind of knew what was happening in them. I mean, there's always that element of surprise, but you know, you still kind of knew what was going on. So yeah. it'll be fun. I, I I like Star Wars, so I can't wait for a new one. <coughs> um, so we also got word that Gerard Butler was cast in the remake of Point Break, uh, which I've I've seen like multiple little comments on this, and people have been like, "Ah, oh, come on!" Now I don't want them to remake Point Break. Let me mm-hmm. make that clear. That is a movie that is. That is silly, but of its time in a way that I really love it. Um, and I don't know. I don't I know if you can. The FBI. Oh man, I don't know if you can capture like that the silliness of that story as well mm-hmm. today. Yeah, because it is a it is a movie where an FBI agent goes undercover as a surfer to stop a a a band of bank robbers dressed up as presidents dressed up, i mean they could be dressed up as something else they could just the yeah. premise on its face of fbi agent goes undercover as a surfer no, dude that happens all the time it's so i remember so at the end silly. where patrick swayze rides the wave he knows he can't ride yeah just kills himself to, oh oh that movie's so good or does he? or does he get away who knows, who knows? man that's, ah. that's the point break oh that movie's so good Catherine bigelow's point break <laughs> yeah oh man Academy Award winning Catherine Bigelow, mm-hmm. um, but the truth is, if if they were making like a serious version of that movie, I think he could because he, he, yeah. he, he is apparently for the the Patrick Swayze part. I think he's a a pretty good choice for that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, he got that yeah. work in the Maverick, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he, he can surf. He can do the surfer part. He can also do like the the gruff but also friendly dude. Like he's a he's a really versatile guy in that way. Yeah. Um, he's a good actor. Yeah. It honestly, it is a little bit of a spark that makes me kind of interested in that movie. Yeah, I'll see it. You know. Oh, of course I'll see it. <laughs> I'm going to see all this shit. Right. Uh, but apparently, I'm never going to see any shit with Shia LaBeouf in it. No. Um, so, I you know i I used to really I used to like Shia LaBeouf. You mm-hmm. know, I didn't th- I never thought he was terribly impressive, but like I thought he was pretty good in Lawless. Yeah, charismatic. And, was charismatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was charismatic. He's you know I liked him in the Transformers movies. Uh, I even liked him back in his even Stevens days and like holes. Mm-hmm. I thought he was really good in holes, uh, but apparently he's a fucking ten year old. Um, what is wrong with him? I don't know. He's out of his goddamn mind. Oh, I guess we should so, say that he announced he's going to retire. Yeah, but he, so you know he he went through this whole thing that we talked about a couple of weeks ago where he got caught basically st- stealing a, a story for a movie that he made and um and just said crazy things and then he stole his apology and then as he well. put that like sky written thing pulled by an airplane saying i'm sorry yeah you see that That's, yeah, yeah. Like, um does he just not know that he's acting weird That's yeah, what i don't he's, get I, he's on drugs i don't know um well he's always had problems i was reading yeah did you read the article about how brad pitt's all pissed off at him no on the the movie he's shooting in um europe right now it's a brad pitt world war ii movie okay. and i guess he's refused to like brush his teeth or shower and so he like reeks, so because he's trying to be method, I guess, and it's pissing everybody off that he's working with. Wow! Just why do you have to be so weird, dude? Yeah, because we uh, we also remember we talked about that story where he was filming some girl puking, and then some dude kicked the shit out of him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come I, on. Man. I don't know what's yeah. Well, so this week he he basically tweeted um, that he's he's not retiring from film; he's retiring from all public life. Mm-hmm. I, it it just. 
it just reeks of ah, ah, reeks uh, <laughs> of uh, of like a ten year old's temper tantrum. Yeah, leave me alone. Yeah, like and, you know, and then of course he goes on to say things about like you know all his love going out to people who support him, and I'm like, dude, you're an you've turned into an asshole. Like, yeah, you need you need to genuinely apologize for the things that you've done. Does, that's why it doesn't like get... I, I don't know why it, 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 everything he's doing feels so fake, and that's why people are mad at you. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, because his apology to the the comic writer. If he just said, hey, man, I'm sorry I ripped this off. I just really enjoyed it, and I thought it'd be a great story to tell. Yeah. He'd, and, he and would I, still be wrong, but I would respect him a little bit I more for it. And I bet the comic book writer and artist might say, okay, just, you know, next time ask. Yeah. Don't or how about, how about put my fucking name on it, yeah. dick? Like, or, or just, yeah. Sort of yeah. clown, man. Ex- yeah, exactly. And it, it's so, it's just weird. It is. It's the kind of thing that we would usually expect from somebody who is on drugs. Yeah. Exactly, that kind of thing. Or like a um Amanda Bynes type. But see what he does. He's gone crazy. Yeah. But the thing with him is he was so set up for success. Besides yeah. the Transformers, I mean Steven Spielberg liked him. Oh, he was he was Indiana the golden Jones. boy. Yeah. And now you're just gonna be a weird dude. Come yeah. on, man. Yeah, yeah. Pull your shit together. Yeah. If I was his dad, I'd smack him. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. This is like the dude version of a Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Where like seriously his parents need to come in and be like, Hey, straight the fuck up. But two, at least Smiley Cyrus said, oh, that's just a character I'm playing when I go out because it's noise. Yeah. You know, so at least she's smart enough to know that she's just full of herself. I don't want to give her too much credit, but sure, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think it's just a, I think she's just doing an act, but you know, whatever. I think it's a stupid act. It is. Yeah. But we're talking about her. That's No, you're right. You're Worked. right. Yeah, but we're talking about how stupid she is. Anyway, yeah. uh, that's news. Cool. Unless I forgot something. But it's the beginning of the year. There's not a lot going on. I don't think so. They're filming a lot of stuff right now. So. Exactly. So some stuff will start coming out. Yeah. Just glad nobody died this week that we know of. Yeah. <laughs> nobody I know died. That's good. Um, you know what? It's up. Let's, uh, let's talk about what's coming out next week. Oh, okay. yeah. On Blu-ray. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Um, we missed a week, so I'm actually going to go through a few. Uh, this Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday. I have a thing already pre-ordered. Um, is it Riddick? Yes, because I want to say it's going to balls deep and change your life. Oh my god, I forgot about Balls Deep. What a fucking horrible movie! Ah, oh, that's also the movie, the second movie of the year that used the phrase "drive it like you stole it." Yep, um, which is a much better written line. Uh, is the movie that you pre-ordered uh, Lee Daniels' The Butler? No, but I'm probably going to watch it, though. I'll probably yeah. go to Redbox and pick it up. I'm, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to do the same thing. Uh, is the movie that you pre-ordered the remake of Carrie? No, but that's probably another one I'll pick up at Redbox. Yeah, me too. Um, is it the... Uh, is it Enough Said? That I, movie heard, I have heard good things about that movie, but yeah. it is not. Okay. Um, Enough Said is a James Gandolfini and Julia yeah. Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah, apparently the very last James Gandolfini movie. Um, is it Fruitvale Station? No, but I really want to see that one. Yeah, you should check that one out. That was a good movie. That was a really good movie. Um, all right. How about how about The Spectacular Now? Is that the one? No, but it's probably one I'm going to buy. Yeah, I really I really should have pre-ordered that one. <laughs> uh, is it your next? It is your next. Oh, I do have man. Why didn't I guess that one first? <laughs> um, also coming out this week is Short Term 12, which is one of the other like indie movies that yeah. I really wanted to. I, I think it just came and went so fast, and I never really had a chance to see it. Um, I think that's the only other thing from this week. I don't want to spend too much so time. Kind of a it. kind of a big week, though. I mean, it yeah, just yeah, it was. Well, you know, there was that week where right around Christmas, where there was literally nothing. 
Uh, and then we missed last week. Last week, uh, there was a season of Duck Dynasty, a season of yeah. Archer, um, a season, the first season of Following, which apparently is coming back. Yeah. I, I just assumed that show got canceled. No, it's really popular. <clears throat> oh, wow. Because um, yeah, it's, it's okay. Um, the second season of Copper, uh, Runner Runner comes out this week. Which, Did you see that? No. I'm, I kind of want to. <laughs> is that weird? Me too. Um, mostly just because of Ben Affleck. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I I also want to see uh, thank you for sharing or, or thanks for sharing, uh, which is the um, Mark Ruffalo and oh, it's when he's a sex addict. Yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, um, that's also this week. So oh, and also closed circuit, which mm-hmm. everyone forgot. Um, a dude and a a book edition of the Killing Fields. That's a good movie, man. Yep, my dad loves the Coal Mine's Daughter. Making its debut on Blu-ray. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there it is. Uh, oh, oh, um, The Act of Killing, which was actually on one or two of the top ten lists that we got last week for the film Explosion, uh, as well as the second season of House of Lies, which is a show that should have been canceled before this first season even aired. Um, <laughs> I love Kristen Bell. She's great. She's good. Um, that show's bad. Hey, oh, hey. hey, there's that uh, Birth of the Dead. Oh, yeah, Birth of the Living Dead. Yep. Maybe I should uh, get that one, but... Brad told me I already told him all the stuff that they talk about in that movie, so... Yeah, but it still might be worth checking out. Yeah, I'll still check it out, of course. Oh, dude, there's a Blu-ray re-release of Notting Hill. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, all my money is gone. <laughs> all right, I think that's everything. Cool. Digital Bits, once again, supplying us with what's coming out. <laughs> there's a movie called The Woodsman, which apparently... It looks like a movie about a... Dude with a hatchet fighting like wild monkeys. Look at mm. look at this. Searching for a dream, he finds a nightmare is the tagline. That is terrifying. Oh my god. What was his dream? To chop down a tree? Like look at look at it. He's just like kind of like her- Davy Crockety. He's heroically just, you know, walking out in like a in an Eddie Bauer sweat uh sweatshirt out into the woods mm-hmm. with a hatchet. That's all he's got. Is a hatchet. You? And like a Oh, maybe that's the, the string from the hat. It looks like he's an FBI agent <laughs> with one of those little like things he has coming an out of ear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With the biggest money. Anyway, so that's this week. Cool. And this is the box office numbers from last week. This is the box office stats. A seven-week movie continued its reign at number one, and that'd be Frozen. Was it? Has it really been? Yeah. Oh. Seven weeks. No, no, no. The Hobbit was number one. But I mean, it's back at number one after oh, seven yeah. weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which first, time, first time since Avatar. Oh, that a movie's popped back yeah. up? Wow. 20 million, I think. Huh. Must just be a Christmas thing. You know, that, that and it's it, word of mouth is really good. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there are people who are going to see it multiple times. Whereas, like, yeah. The Hobbit, people are seeing once and they're done. Um, and, you know, Christmas is a time where people see a lot of movies. But, you know, the same movies. Um and like you know, my, my CEO is <laughs> took his daughter to see it. Like he's seen it three times, and his daughter's seen it five times. Frozen, yeah, it's yeah. one of those movies. <laughs> no, The Hobbit, she's four. That's yeah, awesome. Fro- no, Frozen. Uh, but see, the thing with Frozen though is, if you make a good animated movie, you'll sell a lot of tickets because oh, yeah. parents will take all their kids. Oh yeah. So you have guaranteed almost four tickets every time you someone likes it. So exactly, yeah. And they should. That's a, is you know that's a good one. My third favorite movie from last year. Yeah. So where's my second, third? Uh, third? That was your third. Yep. Yeah. So soon I forget. Iron Man 3 and Saving Mr. Banks. That's right. Yep. 
uh, Paranormal Activity, the marked ones, was number two with wow. 18 million, but you know what? It's already made back its budget three yeah. times over. Yeah, right. The people were saying, "Is it are the Paranormal Activity movies, are they still going to make them? Uh, yeah. Of course they are. Because that's in the first week they tripled their money. Like, mm-hmm. come on. They're, they are printing dollars. Now, I also saw a review. I didn't read it, but I saw a review... That sort of made it seem like maybe this one is different and, and revitalized. Jeffrey Reddick really liked it. Oh, cool! It's, uh, it's one cool. of his friends made it, so oh well. I, I won't see it till it's on Netflix, and I'll talk about why I won't see him later when we talk about what we've been watching. Um, <laughs> I watch a lot of shit this week, so yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. That, that was the numbers. I guess we'll talk about what we watched this week, huh? Sure. Why not? So uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Um, because of the film Splosion, um, I went back and just watched some fun things on, uh, Blu-ray, um, that I got, I, I got a lot of stuff over Christmas Yeah, and I just haven't had a chance to fire up my Blu-ray player and just sit down and watch it. Yeah. Um, I rewatched The Hangover Part 3 and I still think it's actually really funny. That wasn't from this year, was it? Was that last uh, yeah, year? Yeah, it was this year. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, I still really think it's funny. It's, yeah, it's dorky and, uh, Zach Galifianakis is really funny in it. Um, there's parts where <laughs> I, 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 I hate describing comedies, but I mean, it's just, it's just goofy. Yeah. Um, if you like the first two, then you like it. Yeah, exactly. Like, or uh, yeah, especially if you like both of the first two, mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of people who like the first one and then just feel like it spins its wheels, which it does, but you know, it's more of the same and the, it's funny. Like it is. And anytime Zach Kalfnakis can act weird, it's always funny. Yeah. Yeah. You just and have it, to know you're not going to come uh, walk out of it and be like, oh, this is comedy gold. This is so brilliant. No, it's three stupid dudes doing wacky stuff. Yep. That's about it. Yeah. I mean, th- 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 my favorite parts is when he plays, um, his father passes away so he, and he's off his medication and his <laughs> name's Alan. So he always has these weird things when his dad says, Jesus Christ, Alan, you're 40 years old. And he gets mad and he says, I'm 42, dad. I'm 42. That it makes it better that he lives with his parents. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's a part where um, John Goodman plays a drug dealer and. Oh, yeah. Chow stills. Um, I can't remember Bradley Cooper's character's name in this, these movies. I don't know. Bradley Cooper. Yeah. The handsome one. And so uh, they can't find his car. But then he says, oh, Alan, let me use your phone for find my phone app. And uh, and I forget what he says, but Ed Helm says, really, that's what you're worried about if you lose your phone? Um, because, you know, your brother is kidnapped. They just killed a guy in front of you. And then he goes on this long, uh, like, tirade about how I have, like, 60 apps on there. You know how long that would take me to download? <laughs> it's, just, it's just weird. Uh, it's, yeah. like, weird humor. So I really enjoyed doing that, watching that again. Cool. Um, I also watched, I, I was at uh, Best Buy. And they had the John Adams Blu-ray, um, which is a mm. HBO miniseries. Yeah, Paul Giamatti. Yeah, and uh, it was like twelve dollars on Blu-ray. Normally, like fifty bucks. So, of course, and I love the Revolutionary War. So, yeah. I completely, I've, I have never seen this, um, and it's really good. I mean, the acting in it is besides besides Paul Giamatti. They have I can't even think of all the actors they have in it, but they have like Tom Wilkinson as Benjamin Franklin. Um, Sweet. They have tons of great actors in it. Yeah. Um, Justin uh, Thoreau, uh, Thereo, Thoreau, Thoreau is um, John Hancock. Um, so they have a lot huh. of, and they have a lot of actors that you've seen in a lot of stuff, and they're really good. You're like, oh yeah, that guy yeah, is in lots right. of things. Um, the only downside of this, I've only watched the first three episodes, so I haven't seen it all. But it's directed by Tom Hooper, 
Do you remember who that is? Yes. Tom Hooper's the guy who did the King's speech and then that god-awful piece of shit from last year. Yeah. Um, Les Miserables. Yeah. So, so does he only film the faces of people? So if I told you, what do you think a Tom Hooper um, signature camera style would be? Um, it would be zoom in really close on a character and never cut away so that you actually lose all of the context and meaning of a scene. And also that the camera is crooked. Oh, I forgot about the crooked. Does he do like he, Dutch angles for no does. goddamn reason? He does. Oh, and which, which, what the which hell? Which is really a bummer is there's, I mean, to me, I don't know if a lot of, I mean, it's really highly rated on IMDb, so a lot of people really love this show. Yeah. Well, a lot of people like Les Mis, they just don't notice. Um, And there are some great scenes, and, and there's, even though I know how it plays out, I love the tension of the First Continental Congress, and they're deciding if they should go to war with England or not. Yeah. And so there's these great, like, dramatic speeches, and why we should, and why we shouldn't, and... The movie, the show opens with uh, a lot of people don't know that John Adams defended the British soldiers involved in the Boston Massacre. Right. Um, and so there's some great like courtroom drama, and then all of a sudden, Tom Hooper he has this great courtroom, and the everybody think everything looks so cool, and then all of a sudden he'll zoom in on Paul Giamatti and he'll turn the camera, and so it's crooked and it's just his face, and he's delivering these like great speeches and getting these people to admit things as a lawyer because john adams was a great lawyer and but you don't get the whole <laughs> context of it yeah because of how he shoots it and it's just a bummer uh, man what what happened like i really like the king's speech that's a mm-hmm. good movie and he i don't remember him doing that in that movie you know i even i even remember can, can remember really cool shots in that movie that aren't that way so I don't know, like, who got to him and said, like, hey, oh, you're doing a courtroom scene? Oh, don't pull the camera back and make it look in any way like, you know, you know, lame-ass courtroom scenes like To Kill a Mockingbird. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Zoom in really close on all your speeches because speeches are way more important yeah. if you're zoomed in. And like, remember, John Adams came out before all of that. So, yeah. Um, oh, oh, I think shit. it's 2008, 2009, maybe 2010. It's It's... It's not that I'm, old, but it's older than those movies. I'm actually really scared now because it makes me kind of want to go back to the King's Speech, but I'm afraid that it'll ruin for, ruin it for me. Because I, I, you know, he does do some close-ups in there, like like when the, the King is actually yeah, giving the speech is a close-up. It makes sense, but it's because he's in a, this confined little space recording this thing, um, and we need to be in that space with him. Um, but I also remember like like when he's in the the scenes where with Jeffrey Rush, where he's learning to to mm-hmm. get over his speech impediment. Like I remember what that room looks like very well. And and I remember the fe- the conversations with them mm-hmm. being shot from a from a distance. So it's just, oh man, that's frustrating. And I'll tell you a funny story about that too. Um, it has a really cool title sequence where it has you know the snake flag and the first American flag like going. And I'm watching it. And I'm like, oh yeah, that actor, that actor, cool. And then it says directed by Tom Hooper. I'm like, where do I know that from? Yeah. And I'm not joking. When it went to the courtroom scene and John Adams was giving a speech and it started like twisting. I was like, oh, that's who that is. <laughs> and, you know, I was so unsure. I said, am I sure? So I pulled up the IMDb page, and I, uh, yeah, of course. Um, so, But, oh, but the show is really good. It's still really good. It's really good. Cool. If you like your drama that just has great actors just delivering great speeches and things like that, then you'll really, really like it. Cool. Um, I'll so, have yeah. to check that out. So, yeah, so definitely check it out. Um, I also... Oh, man, Brad's not here. Um, 
Oh, well. Um, I also got the Terminator Anthology on Blu-ray. Fuck! Oh, Brad's not um, here. And I watched... Uh, I, d- I didn't have time to watch the fourth one, but I watched all three, all three of them. Uh-huh. And after watching all three, I will say that the first one's the best. The second one is the second best, and the third one's the third best. But here's mm-hmm. the thing that I think Brad um, forgot to mention when he was talking about because remember he was saying that he did not like the third one because they took what everybody liked about T2 and put it in the third one but made it kind of silly. Yeah. I don't think... And I it's wish a lot of was, the cameos. It's the cameos that bother him the most. I, I, I wish he... I don't know if the last time he saw Terminator 1, but Terminator 2 hits almost the exact same beats as Terminator 1. I agree. Uh, and I, I wish he was here so I could ask him. Um, but in Terminator 1, there's that great um, scene where Sarah Connor is in, um, in the... Uh, the nightclub and she's sitting there and you know the t101 walks by and uh, it's in slow motion and then he starts walking towards her in slow motion again and then kyle reese sees it and he pulls out his gun in slow motion and the terminator pulls out his gun in slow motion yeah. and there's a great tense moment and you're just saying oh this is badass and then they get in that huge gunfight yeah that happens in t2 yeah remember when um Ed- edward furlong is running from robert Patrick in yeah, the, the rose, beginning. The box of roses. The rose yeah. box of roses. Yeah. And then remember too, in Terminator One, in the same scene, uh, where Arnold Schwarzenegger gets blasted out of the uh the nightclub, goes through the glass, falls down with his head turned this way, and he stops for a second. And then all of a sudden he gets up really slowly and he walks back through. Yeah. That shot is in T two. Yep. There's also the scene where they're in the uh the police station. And Kyle Reese is saying, he doesn't feel he will not stop until she is dead. Do you understand me? Until she is dead. And then it stops. In T2, Sarah Connor is being filmed on the outside. And she's like, him, you, you're dead already. It's the exact same beats. Yeah. And I have no problem with it. I think they're both great movies. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think that Brad's argument would be that, um, I mean, it is, it's, it is a movie about repeating history. Mm-hmm which is part of why I don't like the end of T2. Um, it, but it's a movie about sort of cyclical history mm-hmm. and or cyclical time. And so doing all of that stuff is, is actually really cool and is something that yeah. James Cameron is doing intentionally. Yeah. I think he would say that in the third one, when they do those kind of callbacks, that they are more silly fan service than they are intentional, intelligent, stylistic choices. And I, I think he's right. Um, I, I would agree with him. But there. see... I still like T3. But see... He's also missing a point. I think, um, I think he's harping too much on the negatives of it. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not joking, James. I watched them back to back to back. Yeah, I watched them straight. Yeah, and oh, that's um, cool. And what the thing is with T3 is, you know, he says, "Well, how does he know that he, um, you know, pulls that down and and all that stuff?" Well, remember in Terminator 2, he is teaching this cyborg this stuff. Mm-hmm. So when the cyborg is programmed. It, it's lived this history, so it knows well, this stuff. In the T three has not, the, or the T three, the, the T three is the same model. Yes, but it's not. It's not the, it's same, not the one. same one. But he still he still knows this stuff because it's the same timeline. And also, too, T three doesn't really play. And I'll tell you another. Well, I'm going to disagree with you on the timeline thing. Uh, but I think there you are other reasons you, why. No, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I, but I, I, I think there are other reasons why that 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 Terminator would know to look and see too. And this is stylistically where 
I think T2 is the one problem I have with T2. And I actually, I, I love T2. I really do. Oh, yeah. No, these are. But, you know, Brad's, you know, is saying, oh, that one's just totally silly as T3. Well, I don't know. Do you remember in Terminator 2 when he goes to that one guy and he's like, can't let you take the son's wheels or I can't let you take the man's wheels, son. And he walks up and he grabs a gun really fast and he puts the sunglasses on and then they play bad to the bone. Yeah. That's silly. Yeah, it is. That's silly. Yes. And right away, they I, I, I don't remember the trailer for T2, but right away they're saying that this is a good Terminator. So, yeah. So the scene where Edward Furlong's running through the back of the mall... There's no tension there because you know that Terminator is not there to kill him. Yeah. I, I don't know, too. Maybe I've seen it so many times. Yeah. I, 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 so maybe some of that illusion's lost. But I, I still think – I think Terminator 3 actually has some of the best action sets from Terminator. Yeah. They're, they're way more CG, and it suffers from that. But A little bit. It's not too bad, though. No. Um, it's more of a budget issue than a conceptual But what I, what I do like – this is what T3 has going for it that I think where it's just a – it's not better than T2, but some of the things that are better than T2 is I think it's edited better. I mm-hmm. think it moves faster. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the main characters are better. Yeah. like uh, and, I mean, I think that Nick Stahl is better than Eddie Furlong. Oh, oh, yeah. And I think the ending is one of the best endings in sci-fi movies ever. I agree. Because you are just delaying the inevitable and that the Terminator lied to him to save him is, is so great. Yeah. And it, it's so it, it's sad. The ending is sad. Yeah, because you're wiping out humanity. And but I, I wish Brad was here to defend it. And, but it's and I think I think that it honestly makes everything that happens in T one and T two worth it. Oh because yeah, because a, oh, yeah. a, a world in which we just keep putting it off is a world in which those Terminators and Sarah Connor are sort of just like, you know, yeah, sure they're fighting the future or whatever. Um, but, but they're not necessarily, they're, they're not keeping John Connor alive so that he can be this person. Mm-hmm. If we never let John Connor be that person, then there's no point to any of this fucking story. Yeah. You know, like then, then basically the whole plot is based on a lie. Yeah. You know, well, well, oh, the machines came back to kill John Connor. Oh, well, John Connor never becomes John Connor. So wh- why did they come back? You know, um, yeah, and as I've said before, I think it sets up what would have been a really, really, really cool. I'm interested to uh, watch Terminator Salvation again because I'm I still like that movie. So I yeah I, I wish s- I I wish I was awake enough where I could have watched all four of them. Yeah, um, but when you already have watched seven and a half hours of them, I I like Mick G and uh, there's really amazing stuff Except in that for movie. His name. The <laughs> yeah, how can you take him seriously? <laughs> I know, right? Um, uh. Because I genuinely like Charlie's Angels. Wait, that I don't know that. that no, it's a fun movie. And no, I did. I don't know if that makes me t- take him seriously more. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's a it's a movie that I I want so badly to be good. Mm-hmm. You know, man, the helicopter shots are so cool. Yeah, whole opening action scene in that movie is one of the best. Ugh. So I, I'm really excited, and uh, I guess the very last thing I watched is. Um, I got a Blu-ray of Day of the Dead. Um, hmm. Scream Factory makes these really cool collector's editions of. I don't. I would say Day of the Dead's a forgotten horror movie. Um, is but that the one with oh, no, I'm thinking Land of the Dead. Yeah, um, but it's the one that he did before Land, um, and it's a hard one for people to like. The characters, none of them are redeemable. I mean, hmm. nobody. Li- the one, I guess, the one guy, the the her, the helicopter pilot and his buddy, they're kind of the characters you like in the movie. Um, but the girl in it, uh, she's kind of a bitch. 
um, Rhodes, who is the leader of the, I guess I should set the story. The story takes place after night and dawn of the dead. So the dead have overran the world, the world, the, the Lori, I think is her name. I can't remember her name. I've seen this movie so many times, but anyway, she's a scientist and they're trying to figure out how to, to stop the zombie plague. So it takes place in an underground bunker. And they have a doctor there who's nicknamed Dr. Frankenstein. And he thinks instead of trying to exterminate him because they outnumber us 400,000 to one by his estimation is that we need to learn to live with them. And how do we learn with them is we reintroduce things into, um, uh, into their life. Um, so if uh, he has a zombie named Bub that he names and he gives Bub a book and he's like, what is Bub going to do with the book? And he picks it up and he knows that he has to read it. And then he also gives him earphones to listen to music. And then he turns off the music. And then Bub plays the music in. So he's learning things again, like a toddler. Yeah. Um, but he has to reward him, so he gives him, like, human parts. <laughs> uh, so the doctor's off his rocker, so you really don't like him. Yeah. Um, Rhodes, who's the leader, is the biggest asshole ever because he's his men are dying. And you see both sides. Um, but none of the characters are redeemable. But when you watch it, you understand if this had been going on for years, a zombie plague, that you would probably start going a little crazy and you probably would not be the most uh, hospitable or nice person around. So it's a really interesting um, look at the world. Um, The effects are amazing in it. Um, All practical, all done by Tom Savini. Um, You should definitely check it out. It's, it's It's a really interesting, like all Romero zombie movies, it's a little um, it, it plays on people and it makes you ask questions about yourself. What's really important? Um, because the, you know, the helicopter pilot says, why don't we just get out of here? Why are we staying with these these men? And why are we wasting our time trying to find out what the zombie cure is? Because there isn't one. Yeah. Let's just go live our lives. Let's go on an island. Let's start again. And it, it's a really interesting um, story. Um, a lot of people don't like it. Um, yeah. When it came out, they're like, it's too bleak. It's too dark. Hmm. It, it's a really interesting. It's a really interesting movie. Um, I like it. It sounds more. Inter- I I haven't seen that one, but I've seen Land of the Dead, and mm-hmm. I don't. I don't care much for Land of the Dead, but that sounds more interesting to me because Land of the Dead to me is very silly. Um, a lot of like, yeah, corny. But you know, like, take, oh, they're in a truck. See, the, a lot of people feel the same way, but also remember, it's his natural progression because right. yeah. he started with Night, where they weren't really thinking. Dawn, they started um, acting like humans, where they were going to the mall and is basically a, a play on consumerism. Yeah. Um, and then day, I mean that bub starts learning again. Yeah. And he, he's tries to use a gun in it. I mean, he walks down the hall and tries to shoot Rhodes with the gun. Um, and so land of the dead is a natural extension of that right. where the zombies are learning. And I think that's why I like land of the dead because I've seen all the movies and I can see where he's going with them. Right. Um, but yeah, th- that's what I saw this week. I saw a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, what did cool. you see this week? James? Um, so, first of all, Justified came back this week. Oh, uh, nice. Still one of the best shows on television. Um, I am glad you introduced I, me to that show. It's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this week, you, you remember Dewey Crow? Yeah. One of one of the most beloved characters. Like, you know, he's a, he's he's not a good person. Uh, I, but he's like, he's, he's wacky in this way that is really fun. Do you think of him as like maybe the Joker of... Um, yeah, except that like the Joker is actually kind of smart. Mm-hmm. Like, he's... Dewey Crow is stupid. Dewey yeah. Crow is, there's really no other way to say it. Like, Dewey Crow is a stupid person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you almost, uh, part of why you like him is because you know that, like, he's just so stupid that he almost seems 
like child in a like innocent in a childlike way. You know, that like yes, he is a criminal and he does these stupid mm-hmm. things that are wrong, but you you still kind of root for him because he's just so dumb that you mm-hmm. can't you can't blame him for it. You just kind of think like, well, <laughs> of course he did that. Like, you know, at one point he gets he convinces himself that he has four kidneys because he just doesn't understand what's going on around him. Like, uh, I anyway. only seen the first season. I do want to see some more. Yeah, um, I'll have to bring you season three. Or no, didn't you? Did you see did season, season two? two? Did season, you give me season, season two? Season two is the one with the Bennett clan. Um, Maybe I did. I I've seen the one where he's sitting down in a weed. chair. And then I have the next one. I, I've seen two of them. Okay, yeah, Because yeah. he's standing, like, with a gun on his side. I remember yeah. the covers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, if you've seen the season with Mags Bennett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, is, ah, that's still a really good season. Uh, it's just a cool show. It's one of those shows dark, yeah. that I didn't know if I'd like. Yeah. Uh, but you told me, like, yeah, just watch it, dude. Yeah. And then even I even got, took me a long time to watch it after you let me borrow it. But yeah. Once I watched the first episode, then I watched like four of them. I'm yeah. like, okay, this is easy to get into. So, like in the very first episode when we meet Dewey Crow, um, Raylan talks about the fact that like he knew some of his cousins down in Florida who poach gators. Mm-hmm. And so, the very first episode of this season is actually him. You know, there's a reason why he goes down to Florida and has a has a run in with the rest of the Crow clan, uh, and it's really fun. And I'm I'm really excited about where this season's gonna go because the last two seasons have been pretty dark. Like season three, the villain is is pretty dark, and then season four is. Um, it, it, um. Wow. So, Justified is a show about a U.S. marshal in Kentucky, uh, and you learn very quickly with the show that he is he is secretly a very angry person, and that guides a lot of why he does stuff. Um, and he he justifies the actions in his life, even when they're not always like the nicest way to do things, because um, he's a kind of violent person for being a U.S. marshal, um, and. And so the fourth season deals a lot with like why he's angry and and really looking into that. And so this season looks like it's going to get a little bit more lighthearted, um, which is good because they've also said that they th- they think they're going to end it at the end of the sixth season. Yeah, I so just really say that two seasons that left. Weekly. Yeah, um, and at least that's what the showrunner's saying. If FX comes back to him and is like, "Here's a boatload of money, do at least one more season," like you know he might do it. But uh, conceptually, they planned it for six. Um, so I'm hoping that they're going to start like not redeeming him because I love Raylan Givens. Um, but starting to let his character grow a little bit in a way that's going to lead them into the end. Um, I I love this show. People need to check it out. It's just fun. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, you know. Yes, it is a really smart show, but it is also a show that you can just sit down on a, on a weekend and be like, well, oh, Roland's a cool some... character. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Even though he's kind of a bastard, you do. Yeah. You do root for him. Oh, to- oh yeah, yeah. He's I, like I, a. I guess bastard. I mean, he's bastard just... is way too harsh. Yeah, like it's, I mean, it is more that he. I guess he's angry. I guess that's the way. Yeah, he is. He is angry underneath, and that causes him to shoot first and ask questions later yeah. sometimes. I guess conflicted is um, a better. Yeah, word. yeah, yeah, conflicted. exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's always he's always in the right. Mm. He just doesn't always know that he's in the right. Exactly. There you go. That's you go. yeah. Uh, in fact, there, in season four, there is a moment where he uh, there's this dude who's been going around, and they he's this like mercenary who gets called in to kill these people and they say like oh man he's killed more people than malaria like this guy's a badass mm-hmm. and when he first shows up he's dressed up like a cop um and so he like uses that to get into these situations and kill these people um and Raylan meets him and has this conversation with him and in the conversation figures out that like this dude is not legit and Raylan draws down on him and shoots this guy and right after he shoots the guy Raylan goes oh god i hope i did that right because <laughs> <laughs> you're like oh yeah you just shot a guy who looks like a cop uh i hope i hope you were right um it's great uh and then the other thing is so i guess i haven't talked about this on the show yet um this year after the film explosion 
the last couple of years, what I found is that I really need to do something to sort of revitalize myself and get me back into really loving movies. Not that I don't, but it's just it's so much work to go through all of that into your stuff um, that it can be a little bit taxing on just the the passion to want to spend your time watching movies during the week. Mm-hmm. Um, so this year, the thing I decided I'm going to do is I'm going to go through my list of shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started ordering Blu-rays of movies that I have never seen mm-hmm. that I know I know are going to be good. Was mm-hmm. your your mom seeing To Kill a Mockingbird kind of a uh, push? Yeah, in this? that was totally yeah part of it was um, and also the first movie I watched was one that I I think was on sale sometime around Black Friday and I was like, dude, I got to just go ahead and buy that because I had actually borrowed it from you for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I'd borrowed your DVD when you got a Blu-ray, um, and I still never watched it because the truth is. Schindler's List is in not a movie that's very easy to make no. yourself watch. Um, it's you know over three hours long and all about the Holocaust, and so you have to be in you have to be in a certain mindset or have a certain motivation. And so what's cool about this is that my motivation is checking these things off one a week for mm-hmm. the show, um, and I'm really excited about it. Like Schindler's List is still a hard one to do, but it some is. of the other ones coming down the pipe that I I already have Blu-rays of, like I am so excited to see these movies. Um, but I'm also not going to say what they are until I've watched them. Cool. Because I kind of like the idea of coming here and being like, mm-hmm. this week, for the movie I've never seen before, I saw this. And watching you guys go like, oh, man, you've never seen that. You know, yeah. that is because the, the fun is that's not fun when you're in a normal conversation and you tell people like, oh, I've never seen this movie. And they're like, really? You've never seen that movie? And you're like, yeah, I've never seen that movie. But in the case that I just saw this movie for the first time, then you can be like, oh, I mean, you know, yeah, before I'd never seen it, but now I'm a human being, you know. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Schindler's List, um, yeah, I, well, the, the sort of problem with this whole thing is that, of course, my review is going to be, it's a fucking masterpiece, it's one mm-hmm. of the most, uh, amazing and impressive and important movies ever made, absolutely, um, I, I, the, the movie's really great. Uh, the thing, though, that sort of stood out for me was, you know, I knew the acting was gonna be good and all of that, but, and I knew the story, for the most part, but Steve Zalian's script and the way that he builds Schindler and mm. sort of makes you makes him very much a businessman early mm. on, and then just very slowly mm. and especially near the end starts turning him into the person that he gets praised for being. Um, I think that's fantastic, yeah. and it's actually so good that now that I've seen it. It is a movie I would go back and watch again. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely the, a story that I would want to go back and watch that transformation. And and even though there, are, you know, it's three hours of watching horrible shit happen and um, and all of that. Like now, when I see what he was doing, mm-hmm. and I look at like the excess and and who Schindler was to begin with, and and all of that, it adds so much to that moment at the I end agree. when he breaks and he's like, I, you know, how many lives was this car worth? And mm-hmm. and this and the pin that was so good. What a what a brilliant move on their part. Like to to put that pin on on him that I I saw in every scene. I was constantly looking at that pin, and he's always wearing it. And then at the end when he he sees the pin, and he's like, "It's made of gold. Like I could have gotten two lives out of this. At least one. At mm-hmm. least one life out of this pin." And you're like, "Holy shit! Like that is really what we're dealing with. Like it's a." It's the the script that really surprised me with how good it was because I I think I was I think I was expecting it to be good but good for what it was mm-hmm. you know f- good for yeah. a movie about the Holocaust where I was I was gonna feel like oh yeah this is uh, Spielberg's sort of passion project where he wanted to tell the story and it is a really good story but that the story was gonna be pretty straightforward as far as like oh here's this guy and he saves a bunch of Jews isn't mm-hmm. that great and yeah it is 
Um, but it's really the way that, that they, they, they arc that character and make that character so fascinating that is, is almost better than, than the heartwarming story that it gives you. Um, because because it's so well done. Um, yeah, because it's not not yeah. only the list, but it's the journey of Schindler as a person. Exactly. Because yeah. he doesn't. You're right. He doesn't start off as you know. Oh, he's saving these people. Yeah. He's a business guy, but then he slowly realizes the atrocities that are happening. And you're right. It's it's a hard movie to watch. You have to be in the right frame of mind. But it's a movie you want to revisit. Yeah. Because it's well done. Um, um. Yeah. Because it's also one where, you know, yes, he he spends some time, um. Or I'll say it this way: He portrays the Nazis realistically, and in that they come across like evil bastards. Um, but he also spends the right amount of time, sort of using Schindler as a foil to sort of draw out, or not—it's not even a foil, but using Schindler to, to actually draw out little pieces of humanity, so that so that we don't simply alienate them. Yeah, you know the problem with like a Hitler kind of villain is that we put them over there and we say like, oh yeah, those guys are pure evil and not like us at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even, uh, I don't know how, how to pronounce the name. It, it looks like Goethe, like Goethe's Faust, mm-hmm. um, but I, I don't know if that's how it's pronounced, but um, uh, finds his character. Even he, as much of a bastard as he is, has like these little arcs where you think that Schindler's kind of going to redeem him. But all you really realize is that that there is some humanity to him, yep. and then he goes evil again, and you're like, yep. well, fuck. Like, this is, it's actually worse that way, mm-hmm. um, which is, is is really good, you know? Yeah. Like, it, it's good because it it makes you realize how how real all of that is, just just that side of the, the sort of hate, you know, like, you know. I n- no movie will ever make the Holocaust side of that ever feel real. Yeah. No matter no, no matter how good this movie does and it does a great job, it still feels so far away. I think um, it's it's hard for people like me and you because it it it's something we don't understand. Oh yeah. You know, it's just like, you know, 42 or things like that. You don't understand that kind of racism or yeah. um that kind of hate. I don't understand it. That's the thing. I think I I think I have a harder time understanding the like death and murder and slaughter than I have understanding the hate. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I Me can, too. I feel like, uh, you know, especially with the way that he, he creates these characters. And like I said, draws that little, just little glimpses of an actual person out of the, out of these like Nazi leaders and even some of the, like the regular Nazi guards and stuff like that. Um, it, it makes it so that I in some way can see not myself becoming that person, but can see a little bit of myself in those people. Mm-hmm. They they seem like people again, and then I can I then I can understand like oh, okay, a person can get to that place. Yeah. Whereas, like understanding the numbers, like no no pile of bodies ever feels like a pile of bodies, mm-hmm. and will ever feel like that. Like the w- the actual weight of that and the the numbers get so big that even when you see them, they don't seem fathomable. Yeah. Uh, and that's what that's all I'm saying is that yeah and it, um, like you said it's, at least it's, it draws out like it makes you understand that hate a little bit more and then that maybe helps you understand the size of everything else yeah it's just one of those things I mean me I I can never understand it I don't yeah. understand the hate I don't understand why people would do that I mean it yeah. just, because again it's something you're taught so it's I mean I was never right. brought up that way so I don't know 
I, I don't feel that towards people, but yeah. it, it's really fascinating when you see movies explore that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why sometimes villains get a lot of credit when you watch movies is because we don't understand their motivation and it terrifies us. And yeah. Because yeah. you're right, you know, there's times when Ray Fine's character is, oh, you know, he's he's trying to be nice. Yeah, and then also he'll... he'll just say, shoot all these people. You know, why? Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. Well, and it's it's balanced really well where they introduce him as this guy who, yeah, will shoot all of these people. And then they, they just start introducing these little things that you start going like, wait a second. Are you going to redeem this character? Like, are you yeah. going to bring this guy around? And they, they don't. But they they toy with it just enough to make you feel like they could have. Yeah. And and in that make you realize that this person was not damned from birth to be a horrible person, that they just sort of made these choices yeah. and, and through their environment and all of that stuff were a horrible person. Um yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um you know, it's it's one of those movies that's hard to even compare to anything else. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um Absolutely, absolutely among Spielberg's finest. Um, oh, yeah. Probably, yeah, probably his masterpiece. Probably. Because uh, it is a movie that, like, I also want to revisit because I know that there are things he's doing where he's, you know, things he's doing in the foreground and little little things he's introducing, um, just little elements in the shots that I know, like, he's he's pointing you in certain directions, you know. Shots would start. The one that I specifically remember is there's a shot that starts with a sort of a spigot in the front that is just just dripping a little bit like it's just it's just wasting water um and then that scene ends up being about getting water to all of the Jews that are in these train cars mm-hmm. and and it just sort of puts your mind on this track and it's the things that he does like that that I think are, are really brilliant in that movie agreed um he's he's working hard so yep it's a great movie yeah I agree I'm really excited to watch the bonus features too. I thought I said the sequel. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shinless List Two, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> anyway, that's what I saw. Cool, fun stuff this week. Yeah. Well, well, well. I mean, except fun for Nazis. That, fun that you're exploring. Yeah, yeah. I'm really, I'm, man. I'm really excited to watch some of the other ones I got going. I'm excited to hear them. Yeah. I should start doing what you're doing, and then we each week we'll have a surprise movie. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll do a fun one next week. I was gonna do another one about racism, so maybe I'll do a fun one next week. <laughs> You know, whatever you're in the mood for. That's great about movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll lighten the mood a little bit after all this <laughs> negative talk. Uh, pull out your long box and dig through your comic books. Here's Comic Book Corner. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. When I move, I think I'm going to switch from short boxes to long boxes. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, me and Lori are looking at houses, and I really want to get uh, one that has a basement that I could. I won't put my comics on the floor. No, no, no. You know, you want to get risers. Yeah, so I'll get. Uh, I'll have my dad maybe help me build some sort of platform I can put them on. I can do that. Cool. I can, I can build things. I know. I'm actually. I'm excited to move because I want to build. Sh- I have this plan for like a corner shelf. I really want to build it. It's gonna be cool. See, I'm not patient like that though. That's what. Th- that's the oh. thing that always irritates me. Yeah. Yeah, no, it takes time. Like that huge, that huge wall of shelves you see with all my movies on it. Yeah, that irritated the hell out of me. Oh, you mean just building, building all these like IKEA shelves? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. No, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna build out of wood one of these. Oh, cool. Because I want to design my own. Because I, I have like, I have a specific way I want it to work. Um, so that like, actually, this one, this one is really good. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna just build my own Blu-ray shelf. Because it's going to be badass. 
Very cool. Yeah. Uh, anyways, the the comic I picked this week, I, I, I when I go to Carl Quinn's Cards and Comics, I always ask Andrew, I'm like, hey, what's good? You know, who knows? Yeah. And I always take a chance. And I was intrigued by the new Harley Quinn series um, after I read reviews of Issue Zero and they said it was pretty fun. Um, and, it, you know, the cool thing at Carl Quinn's Cards and Comics is if you have a hold slot, you get 20% off. What's cool, and I'll let you in on a little secret there, is that Andrew will give you 20% off on all the new comics as long as you have a hold slot. Mm. So I got Harley Quinn Zero and Number One, and they're actually kind of fun books. Um, the f- Issue Zero is drawn by 17 different artists. Wow. Um, and it, they break the fourth wall where they're trying to find the right fit for Harley Quinn. So each artist kind of adds their own little flair to it. Hmm. And, some, and some of it's really cool. Does um, the design of Harley change? Yep. And it's uh, like that. it's very cool. So obviously they have Bruce Tim, uh, some Adam Hughes, obviously, but hmm. they have um, Charlie Aldred does it, and his uh, oh wow, and his work actually looks pretty good because he's not and it's colored. So I'm used to seeing you know the Walking Black Dead, and Dead, Walking Dead, yeah. and I'm not a big fan of his, but his was pretty interesting in this. Um, so yeah, the issue zero is uh, Harley moving out because she was given a, a place to live, and she's moving out because. Mr. J in Batman right now is he's missing. Um, he had a big fall, a big battle with Batman and after the death of the family, which is another great story you should check out. Um, so she's leaving and she has a new place. And uh, so at the end they introduced, you know, the new artist and he's really good. I forget his name, but he, he, he's really good. And uh, the first issue takes place at her new little um, place. She lives and it's a, uh, it's like a, a freak show kind of sideshow building that the tenants are all part of the sideshow mm-hmm. and uh, that's secondary but there's a bounty out on her and so these bounty hunters are trying to to get to kill her and so the first issue is her finding this out and now she has to find out who's trying to kill her so she kind of goes back to being you know a bad person and it, it's really interesting and so it's well told um the writer is amanda connor and she's she does a lot of female superheroes. Um, Quinn's not a superhero, but yeah. Um, and also Jimmy Palamati. I don't. Uh, they wrote it together. He did. Uh, oh, Jonah yeah. Hex and uh, Power Girl. Power Girl, and he did uh, the Marvel. I mean, Mortal Kombat versus DC. He's he's a pretty big name in yeah. Um, comics. His, his Power Girl run was cool. That that was a. I actually really enjoyed those Power Girl issues, even though I would always put them between other issues I was yeah. buying because I didn't like walking to the front <laughs> counter with Power Girl issues. Um, but what's cool is Andrew is right, and he told me he says you should you know check it out. It's basically DC trying to make Deadpool. Um, oh, so it has a kind of a Deadpool vibe to it where. It breaks the fourth wall. Um, but not obnoxious. No, it's not obnoxious. <laughs> um, so it, it's an interesting book. I'll keep on reading. I put, it, I, I added it to my hold slot. Cool. And I'll keep on reading it until I don't like it anymore. Yeah. And, um, and then I'll stop. It's at least something fun and different to yeah. mix things up. Um, but uh, the big news is, is did, you, did you see that uh, there's a leaked image from coming out? No. From what? The Amazing Spider-Man. No. Of, I, I... of Pete back. No, I'm oh, like, oh, of the comics. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So yeah. my fingers are crossed that this isn't going to be um, some untold story. I don't think it is because Dan Slott, who's writing Superior uh, yeah. right now, um, is the writer. And Humberto Ramos is the uh, artist. And he's a pretty big artist. Mm-hmm. So I have, I, I really I hope. Mean, we knew this was happening. I, we knew it was going to happen. But it was such a long journey. <laughs> and um, it's, it's been so hard, guys. 
that it's culminating know. with a huge Green Goblin arc yeah. is really cool. It'd be um, cool if you called it. I I really... It'd be really cool if you called it. I'm, I'm hoping because, like I've been saying for a long time, Superior Spider-Man, the idea, I don't mind. Yeah. I don't like how he's handled. Yeah. But I do like the subplot of the Green Goblin, figuring out who he is. And and what's cool is the story that's coming out called Goblin Nation is the Green Goblin is taking everything that Octopeter's doing and turning it on him. So he's stealing all his um, technology. Hmm. And he's using, he's going to use it against him. So I, I think it's, it'll be a cool story where the Goblin's going to uh, call him out on his bullcrap. Cool. And, you know, I read a whole bunch of um, 700 point something where they went back to Pete as Spider-Man. And they're not the best written Spider-Man stories, but it is so refreshing to read a story where Pete is funny. Yeah. And he's not saying, I hate everybody. I'm so much smarter than everybody else. Yeah. It just has a lightness to it dealing with heavy stuff at the same time. Right. And that's the thing I think that's really missing in Spider-Man books. So fingers crossed that it's not some lost Spider-Man story and have to deal yeah, with Superior. Yeah, they're not just teasing you and like, yeah, you know we're going to bring him back, but not yet. And it, it, ironically, the new book, Amazing Spider-Man, is supposed to come out in April, and I, the movie comes out in May. So Yeah, they they know where their bread is buttered. <laughs> yeah. The world's greatest un- superhero. Unfortunately, it's not in comics anymore. But the sad thing is I always get previews every month, and this is a horrible thing to say as a Spider-Man fan, but Superior Spider-Man is always in the top ten mm. in sales. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Oh, well, well, I mean, it's still Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, oh, well. You're buying it. I, I am. <laughs> I, and there's a lot of other people like you. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's really testing my love for all things Spidey. But you know what? That's all right. Check out Harley Quinn, though. Yeah. And I, when I was there, they didn't have any more issue one. I got the last one. Hmm. But sometimes if you ask Andrew, he might have one lying around. Yeah. Um, and, and it's probably a thing you could just jump on, you know. Yeah. And I'm sure he, and I, I'm sure he does. They still had a, they still had a few issue zeros. Cool. Uh, but issue one, I did not see. But again, ask Andrew. He probably has a few lying around. Yeah. Because um, he's always sorting books. Actually, I found an old Spectacular Spider-Man I didn't own hmm. there, just flipping through. And I asked him if he, you know, if he had any um, other ones, and he brought out a stack. I said, yeah, I'm just organizing them right now. So you never know what he has. Just cool. ask Andrew. That place is awesome. Yep. So this week, we saw Lone Survivor, uh, which is based on a true story. James, should people go see Lone Survivor? <laughs> um, no. Uh, I, I want to say up front that all of my opinions of this movie are based on the movie and not necessarily on the actual events, which is really hard to separate on this movie because they try to in- intermingle them so hard. But I, I, I don't think that this movie does a very good job telling this story. Um, and when I walked out, I was... Uh, I, I don't know what I was supposed to get out of it. Um, I've seen a lot of other war movies that I, I find a lot more enjoyable and I find a lot more moving than this one. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you. I actually thought it was a pretty good movie. Yeah. Um, I thought uh, it was very well done. Um, here's a trailer for Lone Survivor. I've never seen a trailer for it. Here's a trailer for Lone Survivor. Oh, yeah? Oh, okay. Yeah, I've just seen the... I guess I've seen 30-second TV ads, but I haven't seen uh, like, a yeah, full-blown yeah. trailer. But here's a trailer for it. It's a good trailer. Petty officer, Shane. Can he say it? Can you say it? Mr. Patton, please. Come on. Been around the world twice. Talked to everyone once. There ain't nothing I can't do. No sky too high, no sea too rough. Learned a lot of lessons in my life. Never shoot a large caliber man with a small caliber bullet. 
Anything in life worth doing is worth overdoing. Moderation's for cowards. I'm a lover, I'm a fighter, I'm a UDT Navy SEAL diver. Listen up, Red Wing's a go. Bad guy, senior Taliban commander. Shaw killed 20 Marines last week. 20. Going in with a four-man team. Axelson, myself, Dietz, Marcus. It's a lot more than 10 guys. It's an army. This op is compromised. This is Spartan 01. Radio check. Danny, you radio working? The way I see it, we got two options. One, we let them go, roll the dice. Second that they run down there, we got 200 on our backs. Two, we terminate the compromise. We cannot do that. I don't care. I care about you. I care about you. I care about you. Not killing kids, not feeling it. This is not a vote. We're gonna cut them loose, and we're going home. Roger that, sir. Yes. I'm fixing to get into a pretty good gunfight. There's a storm inside of us. A drive. And push yourself further than anyone could think possible. You can die for your country, I'm gonna live for mine. See? God's looking out for us. We're good, right? We're solid. We can be heroes. Heroes, heroes, heroes. You are never out of the fight. Just for one day. I... I really like Peter Berg, and I I think he, you see him in the movie. There's a quick shot. Yeah, of yeah. There's a quick shot of Peter Berg. Uh, I think the movie is beautiful. I think it's well paced. I think it's a, a decently made movie, with the exception of like a couple of falling montages that I think are too long for the momentum in that section. Um, but yeah, I, I think that technically the movie is really good. Oh yeah, I think. Uh, Sound wise, it's really good. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah it sounds weird. I, I've become such a movie fan that I recognize good sound mixing in movies. Yeah, um, and the the gunfire and stuff. the The movie is it's a true story about um, uh, SEAL Team Ten, where they were supposed to take out a high priority Taliban target. Yeah, and it's four guys, and they thought there was only ten um, Taliban in this. Uh, village yeah uh, hideout hideout, hideout. Sure. we'll go old western style and, it's a hideout um knowing a lot and reading stuff about the taliban the one of the white people say well why can't the united states just crush them the biggest problem with them is there's so many tribes of these yeah. uh terrorists is that they never know what they're really getting into like these gentlemen they went there and they thought there's only supposed to be 10 and they're turning up being like 50 or 60 of them mm-hmm. I, i'm not sure how many um and then they realize that they're a little in over their head so they fall back and they're going to work on a new plan and while they fall back a bunch of goat herders happen just stumble upon them yeah and they make the fateful decision is they have three options they can either um let them go tie them up and let them freeze to death or wolves will get them or three kill them and so there's a back and forth between the characters about what they should do they decide to let uh these guys go and as soon as they let them go, then the Taliban start <laughs> coming after them, and they realize they're in bad shape. Um, 
so the the movie you're right is well shot it's well paced i think the acting is really good in it um i i I think that these are four of the four of my favorite like youngish male actors working today like and and underappreciated the fact that like it's getting to a point where I think that maybe Ben Foster must be an asshole in real life because I don't know why he's not in every movie. Like I am, I am impressed in everything he does. Like how has he not won an Oscar yet? How has he not been in? Like, I, I I think it might be sometimes the movies he chooses. Yeah. Um, a lot the same long of Taylor Kitsch. I think Taylor Kitsch is really good in this movie and I think he's good in battleship and John Carter. Yeah. But I think for some reason he didn't choose the right ones. Well, for some two, unknown reason, two of the movies you're talking about are Peter Berg movies, and Peter yeah. Berg is the guy who got him a start. Yeah, in so, Friday Night Lights. But yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I think the I public agree. thinks I think, that they're bad choices. I don't think they're bad. No, but I think the public as a whole think they do. I mean, Ben Foster. And, I think the last thing I remember seeing him in was The Mechanic. Um, he's actually in. Uh, shoot, he was in a movie just recently that just hit DVD, and I talked about it on the show when it came out, but now I can't remember. Um, Damn it. Yeah, the last one I remember seeing him in is The Mechanic. I'm yeah. pretty sure. And again, he's good yeah, in that right. movie, too. I mean, he's a slime ball in it. Oh, man, he's great in 310 to Yuma. And he's great in 310 he's, to Yuma. That's the thing. Like, I, He's even great in his tiny little bit in um, 30 Days of Night. Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorite. He's pro- He is the best part of 30 Days of Night. <laughs> um, yeah, it's that's the thing. I, just, so it's interesting. I think you're right. I think it is his movie choices. You know. Uh, oh, it's uh, Ain't Them Body Saints, which was mm-hmm. that little... Um, Casey Affleck movie yeah, 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 yeah. from last year. And again, it's yeah, but I think he's going to be one of those guys who's always going to be in movies and yeah. he's going to have little roles in them. Because he, he's he, a character actor. Yeah, right? he'll probably turn sure. into a sort of a Paul Giamatti where like yeah. you actually get really excited when you see him. Um, and yeah, he will eventually get his American Splendor where he's the lead and everybody knows he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, man, even, even in X-Men 3, best part of X-Men 3. Really? The best part of X-Men 3, I think, is when Logan... Is walking up the the mountain and he has to yeah, kill Jim Gray. I, I, I just I wanted to be a little hyperbolic about Ben Foster. <laughs> it's okay, but he is really good as yeah. uh, Archangel, or I guess he's just Angel. In that I think one. he's just Angel in that one. Yeah, because um, Archangel isn't until Apocalypse shows up and he tears off his wings and gives him razor wings. And Anyways, I, I think uh, that they then call one of the characters the Dinosaur First Class Angel too. But anyway, yeah. Um, Anyways, back to this movie. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's tense. Um, it's really I, I like that they didn't. Um, shy away from um, what happened to them. Yeah. Um, Because it's interesting to see people's decisions that they have to make when they're faced with those consequences because they knew that they probably weren't going to make it out of this. Yeah. Um, And they and there's a uh, scene where it's so full of tension before they shoot where Mark Wahlberg's character says um, can I do the can I take it out can i do the takeout or what's it can uh, i punch, says, can I punch yeah, my time I, card? i'm ready to just punch the time card yeah, yeah. and they do and it's just these quick two shots and then all of a sudden they realize that they're in trouble yeah um it's, oh yeah no the action sequences are, are great um so i talked about why i love i love the performances i love the action in it i love the sound design i love uh how everyone um how the movie shot uh why don't you talk about what you don't like about it james um so i feel like this movie doesn't make me I don't feel impressed by these guys the way that I should. I I think that the situation and in real life, it was fucking hell, and that these guys were beasts the way they should. The like we expect Navy SEALs to be, and um, and so I again I don't want to talk about like I I'm so 
cautious here because I don't want anybody to misinterpret me as saying anything negative about these guys in real life because that's not what I'm saying. In fact, I think that there are there are strategic issues in the, with this movie that where things happened in a certain way that really pissed me off, that made me feel like they, they felt more like blunders than um, than simply these guys being in over their head. And it, it's in two things really. It's it's in the fact that when they release them. Uh, I was thinking about this the whole way home. I think it is the shot of the the guy that they let go, who is clearly actually a Taliban like asshole. Um, him running full sprint to get back to the Taliban and stop these people, or and or and and you know let them know so that all these guys come running into the woods and get them. Um, and and I think that in real life, when they made that choice. That was probably the right choice to make, but in the movie, it feels like they were twenty feet away, or or that they were pretty close, and they could have done something to impede that guy from running so quickly all the way back. Like, couldn't they but, have, you know? See, I think and, you actually missed the point. There is that the reason they showed him do that is so you could see that the because the next shot was of Ben Foster falling. They're showing that these guys are ill prepared to fight them in this kind of environment, where the guy they let go is like parkouring across uh, <laughs> these rocks. And I think they're just trying to show that no matter how good these guys are and how tough they are, they're out of their element in this, in this fight they're about to partake in. I, that could be. And and if so, then it, it simply just didn't play that well or that way for me. Um, Cause unfortunately what it did was it made me sit there and think of like, well, in that situation, how would, how would I find, you know, Oh, I would, I would, you know, tie all their feet together like a, like a three-legged race so that they have, you know, it's, so it's hard for them to get back first, you know, just to give me that little bit of extra time and things like that, that then it would bug me. Um, and then the other one is just the, the way that, the way that the scene where the helicopter gets shot down mm-hmm. happens feels, it, it, yeah, I mean, and you're right. It is this whole thing of like these guys getting into a situation that they shouldn't have been prepared for. And I think I, I just don't think I like that part of it. I don't think I want to. I don't think I like a story where the Navy SEALs aren't prepared for something. Maybe that's where what this really is. And maybe so you don't when like it comes a story about real life. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I mean, mean, I mean, it is. I I think it's just in the way that it is portrayed, or at least to me, that it didn't land to me in like a. Oh man, like they. It they, you know they just so it's these not, guys it's got one over on. It's them. not the event for you. It's how it's portrayed in the movie yeah exactly like i can i can totally see you know they them bringing in a helicopter and getting this and and all of this and it not working and them sort of getting blindsided and all of that like you know a black hawk down does that black hawk down does that really well um and uh in this case it it feels so sudden and then i think because of the like the big cg blowing up of that helicopter and the way it sort of marvels in that some way it just i don't know it felt weird to me um and uh, yeah i don't know i i, I think um I, I i don't know how i felt coming out of this movie because i think my expectation was that the movie was going to be either a saving private ryan which is what everybody keeps comparing it to or basically a call of duty movie and it's it's neither of those um, I don't think it's anywhere. In, I don't think it's a Saving Private Ryan because I I don't feel like it is a story that hinges on its characters. I think it hinges on sort of the events of the movie. Um, 
and and what those guys give up for each other. Um, but you know, Saving Private Ryan to me uh, is is brilliant because of the way that it analyzes those characters and and sort of the way that they are humans in this extreme situation scenes like when you find out that Tom Hanks is a school teacher stuff like mm-hmm. that are really what makes that story stick for me um whereas this one it is more supposed to be about that that brotherhood and it just didn't just didn't land for me um like yeah the performance is really good it just there's something about it that it it doesn't quite hit me the way that I think it should have for that to work um what was great well i was really frustrated with the movie about halfway through and then once they get to the village and he gets saved by these people and then this whole idea of this this town feeling like bound by honor to protect this guy from his enemies that to me is the gold that to me is the great story that to me is the st- i wanted the whole movie to be that and that <laughs> and uh, the the tribesmen are pulling like fuck taliban fuck taliban yeah, <laughs> no funny. stuff like that was great like and because um when I compare this to to something like uh, Behind Enemy Lines, the the uh, Owen Wilson movie that I love, um, that movie does such a great job at at making it very clear to you that yes, there are these horrible military guys in this country and even running this country, but that the normal people are not those people. Um, and so up until this, like when there are all these lines about like, you know, um. Because uh, there's the there's the one scene right before Taylor Kitsch goes up and gets killed on the hill, um, and he says to him like, "Yo, oh, man, I'm I'm sorry that we didn't kill more guys." And they, he's like, "Oh, we're gonna kill a lot more of these fucking guys." And I was just like, uh, "Like, I don't know." It felt very sort of jingoistic in that mm-hmm. sec in that section. Um, but then when we got to the town, I was like, "Thank you, like, good. You are showing us that like, you know, in Afghanistan, they don't like these guys either." And that the reason we are there is not just because, like, there's bad people in the world and it's our responsibility to um, to kill bad people. It's that there are bad people in the world doing bad things to good people and it's our responsibility to help those good people. Like, we're yes, in this case, they were there to kill this guy, but they were there to kill this guy because he was also, like, you know, he was killing our guys who were there to help these normal people who have these nice villages and, and want to live good lives. Um, and so that's the section that I really loved. That was the point where I was like, oh, okay, this is a really cool story. And now I know why we're, why we're going through all of this. Um, so I don't know. It's just, it didn't do it for me, dog. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, well, James is un-American, so. Yeah, I know. I, it's turned me into a communist apparently. Um, ah, oh, man. Fucking commie. Right? My wife liked it. She cried. Did she really? Oh, man. Now I feel bad. I really am. I'm an asshole. You are. I'm an asshole. Yep. I do, uh, especially after they showed all the pictures, I wish there were a couple of Asian guys in there. I just want Hollywood to have more badass Asian guys. Okay. Even if they're not badass, just normal Asian guys. Just. With, like, an attractive wife. (laughs) You know. Sure, sounds good, James. Yeah. Okay. And with that weird note, um, <laughs> what are we seeing next week, James? Um, next week. Oh, shit. Man. Uh, I actually don't remember. Let's do this the old-fashioned way. It's the 14th. Remember back in the day where we would just like, yeah. um, we would just do this on the show and there'd be dead air Is it Jack Ryan? Is it the, is it? I guess it is. The 17th? Yeah. Is it the seventeenth? Yeah, seventeenth. Jack Ryan. <laughs> yeah, so it's Jack Ryan next week. Well, we could see Ride Along no, instead. I'm good, thanks. 
Um, or The Nut Job. <laughs> Can you believe they named a kid's movie The Nut Job? I know. I mean, that does clearly sound sexual, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, cool. Sweet. Dude, this is the best January I've ever seen. <laughs> Are you kidding me? We're going to go from uh, from Jack Ryan, which hopefully will be good. It's at least decent. It's at least worth seeing. Yep. Uh, to I Frankenstein, which nice. isn't decent, but is definitely worth Dude, seeing. Dude, it's Frankenstein fighting gargoyles for some <laughs> reason. I was telling you before about the fact that last night I was trying to convince my mom like why I was excited to see I Frankenstein. <laughs> I didn't tell you the best part, which was that she was really frustrated by the fact that she was like, do they even know what, like, do they know the original Frankenstein story? <laughs> like, that's clearly not. And I was like, yeah, mom, they don't care. They <laughs> they don't care. Um, yeah. And then January 23rd, we get a Jason Reitman movie. Uh, which is not getting the best reviews yet, but I don't care. It's fucking Jason Reitman. I will see everything he does. So we're seeing Labor Day instead of what else? Uh, the other option is The Awkward Moment, which is the... Uh, man, actually, I would totally see The Awkward Moment. That's the Zac Efron, Michael B. Jordan. Oh, that's right. That's um, right. Miss Teller. That one's up Miles for me. Teller. Maybe we'll flip a coin. Yeah, maybe. Or I'll just... Force me to see the Jason Reitman movie? Yeah. Reitman, Reitman, whatever. You don't think it looks good? Sure. I think it looks good. Okay, that's the show. It's got... Yeah. Hey, I can convince you. It has Clark Gregg in it. Meh, we'll see. What? Oh, man. I know I'm a dick. Sheesh, you're on America. Who's na- see, now who's a Nazi? Till next week. Bye. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.